I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. Hello, it's Michelle Broadbent here and welcome to today's episode of Your Business Boost Podcast. Now, if you have been around here for a while, first of all, thank you. Thank you for being around here for a while. Thank you for being a long-term listener. And if you haven't, welcome. Welcome. If this is your first ever episode of Your Business Boost Podcast, I will share a little fact with you that um, my listeners who do know me quite well will know, and that is... I love a plan. I love a plan. I love to plan sitting down and formulating the pathway to achieve mine or one of my clients' goals is the stuff that I live for. And as much as I love planning, I also love working with women who love planning as much as I do. And one of those women is Melissa Marsden. So Mel is the founder of Workplace Strategy and Interior Design Studio Community based in Brisbane here in Australia. She has spent the last 20 plus years uh, helping organizations and professional services firms leverage their physical environments to elevate employee experience and empower high performing teams and unleash their productivity. So both her design and business prowess have been recognised by the likes of the Australian Institute of Management, the Design Institute of Australia, Telstra Business Women's Awards, and many, many others. She is also the host of Work Life by Design podcast, which I have been a special guest interviewer on. I, I interviewed her about her book, The Next Workplace, which she will talk about in our chat today. Um, so when you hear that description, she sounds like a bit of a rock star, doesn't she? And you know what? She is. She absolutely is. But I'm going to tell you something and that is that even rock stars get thrown curveballs and plot twists. And this is what Mel has come to share with us today. So just over 18 months ago, um, while Mel and I were working together, that very polished, gorgeous looking business and woman um, had all sorts of things happening where life just was not going to plan. And, you know, the business was exploding, her team were imploding, throw in a surprise pregnancy, some looming huge client work deadlines and a book deadline. And I just felt that during that period of time for Mel, it was like she was bobbing around in the ocean and there was just this constant, continual waves crashing over the top of her and she barely had a break to come up for air. Something that I recognized in her while I was working alongside her during, so I kind of got the before, during and after of this period of her life, was I witnessed her resilience and her grace in dealing with all of these plot twists. Um, And yet, 
you know, there were moments when she wanted to give up. Absolutely. She's a human. She is not a robot. Um, But I'm so pleased that she didn't because out the other side of this period of her life, uh, her business is thriving. She has a beautiful boy, little boy who's just turned one. um, And her book has been a huge hit. So today, Mel is taking you behind the curtains to share what it was really like during that period, what it was like to be building a business, writing a book, having a baby all at the same time. And I am so, so pleased that Mel agreed to have this conversation because as she acknowledges, none of these things were part of the plan. Um, And I know that for you right now, there are probably some things that aren't quite going according to plan. And if this is the case, and, and you know, I want to reassure you that if it's the case for you, you are absolutely not alone. It is the case for every single person that I am talking to right now. And something that I know myself whenever I've been in a tricky spot in my life, I've always gotten great comfort from hearing the stories of women who've come out the other side of a really tricky situation. So my hope is that this conversation provides you with some much needed comfort and perspective. So Mel is a completely open book. That's one of the many things I love about her. And I know that you're going to want more of her brilliance in your life after our chat. So I've shared all of her contact details in the show notes. But for now, Strap yourself in for this very honest recount from the marvellous Mel Marsden. Mel, thank you so much for agreeing to have this conversation. Um, When I pitched it to you, I said, I I want the listeners to know what it's really, really, really like to build a business, have a baby, write a book all at the same time, <laughs> warts and all, and I'm really, really pleased that you have agreed to do this. I'm looking forward to it, Michelle. Can't wait. <laughs> so let's just start by setting the scene. Um, so just tell our business, um, our business, our listeners a little bit just about your business, but more importantly where things were at about 18 months ago. Okay. So Community is a workplace strategy and design studio. Um, We're actually coming up to our 10th birthday this year, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, And so we work with organizations to help them understand what work looks like in their business, how their people work, and then help them create a workplace environment that supports and enables their strategic goals and visions and so that their team can perform at their best. So that's the business. Um, 18 months ago, I was preparing to have a baby. I had a team here in Brisbane. We're delivering projects, um, you know, for for organizations around what their workplace strategy and their workplace design was going to look like. And uh, three months before I was due to have my son, Nash, uh, a couple of my team members thought it'd be a good time to exit stage right. Um, there's a few things that led up to that. Nash is actually my third child. And when I had my first, she's 12 years old now, but then my second, um, something very similar actually happened. And so I was hoping to avoid this scenario uh, being a bit of deja vu. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I was planning on hiring in an operations manager to put into the business and unfortunately wasn't able to fill that position. And I think that with that, there was a bit of uncertainty from the team around what the business was going to look like, you know, who was going to need to step up, how are things going to get managed if I, you know, took off and had three months maternity leave. And so they beat me to it. Um, which kind of put a massive spanner in the works for me. So I had to do a bit of a scramble to to get things back on track. Yeah, and I, you know, thank you for sharing that, Mel, because um, obviously I was, <laughs> I was on the the receiving end of the phone calls as as the grenades were landing, um, and 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 I guess you know your your story is one of like you know the best laid plans because there was plans and you had done so much planning and so much preparation. I mean, you know, I, I feel like I knew that that this baby was coming five minutes after you knew um, and I will never forget that conversation <laughs> when you told me that, that you were pregnant with your third child and obviously we had already been working together so I was very aware of what had happened the first time round where you were, you know, working on the laptop in the hospital room, keeping the business running because you had had your two IC jump ship very close to your three mat leave. Before yeah, that, that yes, that time. three weeks. <laughs> this time they had three months. It was a bit better. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and it was, it was like, you know, you had this plan. And I think also for, for context, the timing, there was, there was no talent around. Like no. you had, you know, it was a really fantastic position that you had in your business, but there was there was literally everyone was sitting tight. No one was leaving jobs. It, timing wise, I, I, I yeah, I don't think it could have been a worse time to have been looking. Um, but then you sort of adjusted the sales and was like, okay, we've got people who can fill you know spots on the bus and mm. do things. Um, but then those people <laughs> jumped. Yes. Um. So, you know, we didn't, you know, we had five minutes of panic and then it was like, okay, adjust the sales. And I think knowing you for as long as I have, Mel, you are very good at that. You are, you know, you are so resilient, but you're, you're, you, you don't really spiral. You, you're, you're very like, okay, what do we need to do? Have my moment and then get you over do, it you get do. on. You <laughs> do, have your moment, but then you, you, you keep, you know, you move on. Um. So what, what did you do? What did we do? Okay. So I think the intention with, you know, the staff of the team giving me the three months notice is they thought, well, it's okay. She can hire someone else. She can train them. She can fill the role. It's it's not going to be a big drama. Mm. Now, fortunately or unfortunately, I had a very strong pipeline of work coming in over that next sort of six to nine month period. So uh, Nash was born in May. So, you know, he's, he's one next week. So this is all kind of, you know, a bit of a distant memory now, which is, is. nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we had a very strong pipeline, which, you know, took me through until sort of the end of last year, end of 2022 to deliver. Mm. And that meant that, you know, I couldn't step back from the business. There was no opportunity for me to just go, okay, well, we're just going to stop taking on work and we'll just let it dry up and mm. I'll take this time and off we go. We had projects that we were going to deliver. You were and committed these projects, to. We were yeah. committed. Yeah. And these projects, um, were some of the largest projects that community has delivered in our history. They were um, projects that had been going for two years, so well before Nash was even a thought. Yes. Um, these projects were on the books and we were delivering them. 
So there was nowhere to go. Like I couldn't back out. So I had to just kind of go, okay, well, what's the next best option here? And so we started putting in a bit of a plan of attack. So first things were we had to get some ground rules in place and that was around no no new, no new clients. We can't yeah. take on any more work. Like there is no one to deliver this. It's not happening. I suppose prior to that, I also made the decision I'm not hiring anyone. I'm not bringing yeah. anyone else in because I – don't have the time, the capacity, the headspace to train someone. Mm -hmm. And secondly, even if I did, I wouldn't have been working with them long enough to have felt comfortable enough to have stepped away from the business and let them just, you know, to their own devices. That just wasn't going to be something that would sit with me, not with the size and the scale of the projects and the length of time we've been working on them. There's too much knowledge and history that would have been lost. Of course. So that's kind of where we started. And then we had to kind of figure out, well, what comes next? And that was a matter of then identifying where are the gaps? What do I absolutely have to 100% do? And where can I actually find people to support me with the other bits and pieces? So I had my fabulous EA Claire in there. And so she stepped in as the the guard dog and made sure that nothing was getting through that net. Yeah. Um, and we had really clear parameters around what she could contact me for and what she couldn't contact me for while I was on leave. Mm-hmm. But in the lead up to that, I found um, and, and called in some favours. So old design friends came in to my rescue um, yeah. on some contract bases. We pulled together some freelance team to fill other gaps and we basically divvied up the work. So none of them were full-time. They were all kind of stop gapping from their own businesses or, or freelancing And they were all given very clear, specific tasks around what they needed to do on very clear projects. Yeah. The other thing was um, community is um, a design and delivery project. You know, we design and deliver projects. So we do everything from the design to the documentation to the project management and the handover of the project. A couple of these projects were in um, the construction phase. So what we did was we looked at who could we partner with to support us through that phase, who had that skill and capability purely in their business to be able to do that. And so we created an alliance with, um, you know, a great project management company here in Brisbane. And we said, I need help with these two projects. Can you run them on a day-to-day basis for me and deliver these and just call me when you need me? Mm. And they did that, which was an absolute godsend. So we were working on one project where they were already the project manager and I was the designer. And then we asked them to take on these other two projects to, to do the project management delivery. So I had to outsource as much as I possibly could on those projects and get the resources and skills that I had in in the business. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I also had, you know, some team left. So we were kind of working out, well, what do you own and what do you own and what's, you know, what are your key focuses and getting everyone really crystal clear on what their roles and responsibilities were through, you know, we, we looked at this over a three-month period from Nash being born yeah, to make sure that we got through to sort of the end of financial year and just beyond before I was hopefully had some capacity and some headspace to kind of step back in and and regain as much of the previous time that I needed to be in the business. Yeah. And I think this is where all of your relationships really came, you know, in because you had people in your network, in your mighty network to fall upon, you know, you knew who could, who could help you externally, as opposed to going, I need to hire this person and bring them into my business. You were calling on the help of experts that you didn't need to handhold, nurture, all of that kind of thing. Um, Is there anything that you wished you'd done differently or that you had done that you didn't do? 
Mm, that's a tricky one. I think I did everything I could possibly do in this situation. Yeah. Like the other thing I reflect on too is I love working. So mm. even if I had said I was taking three months off and went off a mat leave, there's no way in hell I would have actually done that. I know that. <laughs> yeah. So whilst this wasn't mm. an ideal situation, it was the best of a bad situation. Yeah. I got Nash was coming into work with me after he was two weeks old. He was sitting in the pram. Um, you know, while I had meetings, he was coming to site visits for me. My EA Claire would take him for a walk around the block while I did all of the stuff on the messy site and then would go and take him and off we'd go again. So we did the best we could with what we had at the time. And I think it worked out pretty damn well. I think it did too. I mean, yeah. I saw, I, you know, obviously I, I, I was aware of what you were doing and how you were managing it all. And look, you know, let's just make sure that everyone is very aware is you are not you're not superwoman, um, you know, <laughs> well, you're not. I'm going to no. tell everyone that is true. Um, but you definitely, you made the best of it and, um, and yeah, he, he, you know, he was going to meetings early on and all of that sort of thing because I think a lot of people do as business owners have a bit of a romanticised vision of what becoming a parent and running a business actually looks like. Um, and it is not, you know, you, not everyone can just step away and go, do not contact me for six months mm. and, you know, the business magically keeps running. In some instances it it, it can or it can appear to. Yeah. But as a founder and especially, you know, being the, the woman you are that so many women who listen to this podcast are, it's like, to say I am not going to put my hands on my business at all for a period of time when you are, you know, you're the founder, you're the business, mm. like it's really difficult to not do that. So Yeah, absolutely. And look, you know, leading up to that, when I say I was looking for the operations manager, you know, I'd been listening into your episode with Hannah and, you know, you hooked me up with Hannah we had a coffee and I'd been looking at what all these other people have been doing and I knew some other people, but they're in their more of a coaching style business, yeah. how they were managing, you know, welcoming babies in. And, you know, Hannah was absolutely, you know, she got to bring in that operations manager who just took the reins and ran with it. And I'm like, yeah. this is the person I want. I'm trying to find this magical person. Yeah. And they just didn't appear. Yeah. And the fallout of not finding that person was the the wheels got shaky because people were then a little bit going, oh, you know, I'm going to have to step up here or am I going to have to take this on? And I don't know if I want this responsibility. And that was confronting for me because yeah. the amount of times that we are told make room for people in your business enable other people to step up and take that responsibility mm. it's a big conversation to have with your people because not everyone wants that not everyone yeah. actually wants to step up some people are very comfortable in the role that they have and don't like being pushed outside of it mel that is that is really really huge share there i think because um yeah, people can be really good in a role utilising a skill. You know, they can be and particularly in creative environments, yeah. but they just want to be doing their thing. They don't want the additional responsibility. So, yeah, so do you think that maybe like having those conversations earlier might have made a difference or do you think it, it just was the way that it was? I think what probably could have happened a bit earlier was me communicating that once that person had fallen through for the operations manager role, that my plans had changed. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I communicated that clearly enough with the team at the time. And they still thought that I was just going to disappear for three months. And yeah. 
some of the team thought, oh, great, this is my chance to step up and I'm going to then take on this, but they weren't in the roles that I was wanting that to happen or across the projects that I needed that to happen. Others went, holy shit, this is not what I signed up for. I'm off. Yeah. Um, I can't handle this. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's fair. Like that's everyone's got to take their own road to where they want yeah. to go. And mm-hmm. I definitely know that there was a part that I played in that. And I shift the goalposts. I was the one who changed the rules of engagement because I decided I was having a baby. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't what everyone was signed up for. So, yeah. you know, it does give you the opportunity to reflect on what's going on in the business and, you know, 12 months later, I can see what happened and where things went uh, a little bit astray. But I think there's also been some massive blessings in that as well. So, you know, as you know, I've given that opportunity to completely redefine my business model, um, totally changed how we do business. And I think you get stuck doing things the way that you've always done them. And, you know, I'm an advocate for reinventing the wheel. But, you know, when you've got a business and you've got people, you're responsible for them. You're making sure that you can feed them that they've got work to do that you've got income coming in and that can kind of cloud that ability to redesign your business because you've got responsibilities absolutely and that that brings that actually brings me to my next question because I wanted to ask about like you know habits work practices that kind of thing that you had mm. before Nash came along um that maybe yeah you've ditched or or adjusted now that he's here yeah I am um, I did a lot more work and so when he, when I set first off on maternity leave, there were rules about what I could be contacted for and what I couldn't be contacted for. And then after six weeks I adjusted those and a lot of that I kept until very, very recently. So I didn't work Fridays. I didn't do meetings before 10 a.m. I didn't have my emails on my phone so I wasn't tempted to check them. Um, there were, you know, I had my EA fielding my whole entire inbox. I think Nash was six months old and I still had the voicemail on my phone that said, I'm off having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and that was great. People would ring me and go, you know, you still got your voicemail. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a, um, it's a bit of a tactic. Yeah. <laughs> People won't leave a message <laughs> unless they really need me. Exactly. So yeah. Stuff that I did that kind of hung around. Even now, um, I still not try not to take meetings before 10 a.m. because it just gives me some space and time in the mornings to manage the school drop-offs the and morning the getting rush. ready yeah. and all of yeah. that. I don't I got sick of the morning rush and the runaround and the yelling at the yeah. kids and not having yeah. that space. And that's one thing I've kept. I mean it's not always going to happen. I do still sometimes still have the eight o'clock meeting I have to get <laughs> to, but for the majority of the time, 10, 10 o'clock is the, the first kickoff meeting. I'll work before then, mm-hmm. but don't expect me to be in the city or anywhere else before 10 because this way it takes me a 10-minute run instead of a 45-minute run. I've missed the traffic. I'm more yeah. productive, lots of things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's been a few things that I've kind of kept from a work practice perspective. Yeah. In terms of the business itself, the type and nature of work that I'm doing has shifted. Um, I'm far more focused in my own zone of genius and my own little wheelhouse, which is in that strategic design phase and working with clients and helping them really unpack their business. Mm -hmm. Business strategy, translating that into workplace and design strategy is my real happy place. And so I've spent a lot of time honing in on that and focusing in on that. And that has actually paid off because I'm busier than ever at the moment and it is all work in that space and supporting organizations to really understand what does hybrid work look like for them how do you how do you manage a flexible workforce 
and bringing a different skill set to that conversation bringing that design thinking process to that, but then also partnering with organizational psychologists and employee experience managers and change managers to have a very different conversation. So it's not just around, you know, where do we put a wall and what color do we paint it? And, you know, what, what colors the couch? Yeah. It's a, it's a different conversation. And I'm going to go so far as to say that's where that's where you needed to end up all along. Like I know yeah. that it was like a <laughs> shitty road to get there, but that's what like when we first started working together yeah. years ago, that was what you wanted to do. That yeah. was and you were like, I want, you know, this is what I want to do. And then but again, you were like creating the work mm. to feed the team, to yeah. feed all the mouths and, you know, to make sure that there was stuff for them to be doing. But ultimately you are you are in your happy place. And that makes me very happy to see yeah. you in your happy place. And you have never been happier. Like I, you know, you you and and I want to talk about something that has just happened that has made you even more happy. And again, it's another thing that you wanted to do for a long time. Yeah. And you know, trust you to do it while having a baby. But um, so you were running the business, you'd had Nash but you'd also committed to writing a book, which has just been yes. published. Yes. Um, can you just share how the bloody hell you did that? Uh, in hindsight, I actually don't know. Um, <laughs> it's a blur. So I started writing the book four years ago and mm. it was something that when I first started it, I went, oh, yeah, maybe that's something I'll do. Who's going to want to read a book about workplace design? Like the only way this is ever going to go anywhere is if I'm handing it out to clients as an expensive business card. and. I started out by just collating everything I'd already written over the years, like all the blogs and everything else. And and I went, oh, shit, there's actually like 15,000 words here. I've got half a book already. <laughs> Woohoo. So I went, oh, this maybe isn't so hard. And then I kind of just dipped in and out of it. Work got busy, you know. And then all because this thing called the pandemic happened and I went, oh, okay, well, this could change things. So I kind of then had to put it on pause for a little bit and go, well, we don't really know what this is going to look like. How's this going to change things? And then, you know, that all kind of, resolved itself to a point and we had a, this all idea of what the new normal looked like and of course it happened to be at the same time as I'm having this baby and I went oh shit if I don't do this now I'm going to miss my boat like there's a window of opportunity here I think that I had to get this out into the world and so I went oh well you know the baby's going to sleep and I'm looking at my cash flow projections and I'm looking at the work that I've got to do and I'm like yeah I can fit that in like so I set myself the deadline of having it out into the world by September with a baby being born in May. Well, that was a slight overcommitment. <laughs> and I had to definitely readjust the sales there. But, you know, it was great in that sense. I would carve out time while he was sleeping. I could do that in those early days. I also had already committed to my designer because my book is not just, you know, black and white text. It's yeah. illustrated. Beautiful. Um, and yeah. so she's writing me going, I need this for the copywriter and I need this to design the next chapter. So like she was giving me deadlines. And so it was great having that external motivator pushing me along. And I'm going, oh, I'm going to sleep. I've got to bathe <laughs> like every other whinge I could, but got it done. Um, and you know, there was a lot of research that came out off the back of the pandemic. My health and wellbeing chapter is probably double the size that it was going to be initially. So there was a lot of value in waiting. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, juggling it with a baby, it just kind of had to be something I, I had to get done. And, yeah, we did it. We got you it done. do it. It's and it's in the world. It's 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 incredible. And, um, yeah, it's successful book launches and, um, you know, business, business growth off the back of that as well, yeah. which is fantastic. So you're here. You're on the other side. Nash is here. Your family's grown. Your business has grown. You've published a book. What are your biggest learnings? Oh, I think some of the biggest learnings probably go back from, you know, right back to when you and I first started working together is that understanding what you want and who you want to be and the business that you want to have is really important. And then you need to work out a plan of how to get there. And I think I let a lot of external factors dictate the type of business I was running. I had an ego in there that was like, but this is what success looks like and this is what I should be doing. And, you know, how many conversations have you and I had about that? Yeah, put a water sugar. That takes time. Like it takes time to unravel that stuff. There's a lot of conversations that you need to have in your own head and there's a lot of conditioning that we need to unravel and we need to set new expectations and boundaries for ourselves. And you know, when you're in the thick of it and you've got people who are relying on you for their livelihood, you can't flippantly go, I'm going to go and do this now and bugger you all. Like it just can't happen. Well, so people do, but that, but you know, yeah, as I couldn't, it wasn't, couldn't. It wasn't exactly. <laughs> and no, it's not, that's not the person that you are, but yeah. yes. And, and then, you know, those people get the reputation for being the person that does that. And it's like, yeah. well, what do you want to be known for? Yeah. And I didn't want that. So, you know, mm. I kind of kept trucking on. And mm. then when this kind of all happened, this gave me that opportunity to go, okay, rather than just sticking another bum on a seat and filling a hole back in the business, let's take a breath. Let's take a step back and go, okay, is this now the opportunity to actually do that? Am I in a place where I can mentally accept that situation as well? And, you know, having said that, not one person has said to me, oh, you've stepped back or you've not done this or what have you done with your business? No one has said that to me. If anything, they've gone, oh, we can really see how you've niched into this now and look at this work and I've got clients that I haven't spoken to for 15 years ringing me up going, oh, I noticed you're really in this bit. Come on, let's have a chat. So it's completely changed it and, you know, marketing is a wonderful thing and what you can put out on social media will tell the story. So. I think getting really clear on what it is that you want and how you want to get there and then just being really strategic about taking the steps to make that happen. Yeah. But also create a business that works for you and your lifestyle. Like I was just running around. I still, I mean, I'm still really busy. I've got three kids and a business and, you know, all the rest of it, but about trying to put some boundaries in place for yourself. And they're not always going to be things that you can hold strong on because work ebbs and flows and you Mm -hmm. get busy periods and quiet periods. But if there's some sort of average that you can find that takes some of that into consideration, then that's something that I think everyone should be really looking at is how can we balance that out over the course of a month or a quarter even to get that. Yeah. That's that's a really great way of looking at it, Mel. Because, and I think you you know you do that. Like, yes, there are there are at nights where you have to work till late to get stuff done, but then you've got your early mornings. You've got your you know your, your days when you've got Nash, and like it's just mm-hmm. you do you blend it out throughout the course of a period of time, as opposed to just looking at well, today was shit, like, you know, it's a new day tomorrow, let's move on. Yeah, so um, 
Thank you so much for sharing so openly about what it has really been like for you and as someone who has lived through it pre, during and post, um, I am so pleased that you are out the other side. But, you, you, you know, I know it's horrible when we're going through this shitty stuff, but you have come out the other side shining and it's it's wonderful and you're doing the work that you're meant to be doing and the book launch was a success and yeah I'm just like a I'm like a proud mama hen I really am so it has been fantastic (laughs) but I want to ask you one last question it's the Mm -hmm. question I ask everyone before we wrap up um, to leave our listeners with uh, something that's going to boost their business or their life something you've read watched listened to experienced what's your recommendation um, this is one that I have recently read um, and it is a, a fiction novel, which I never really read because I don't really have a lot of time. And yes. I told you that before in, Mel spare, in Mel's spare time, she reads In Mel's spare books. time. There is no spare time. So, um, And the reason I got to read this beautiful book was because um, I had a little staycation with my husband to celebrate our fifth wedding anniversary and I actually sent you a message going, Did. what do I read? I don't what want to waste I read? my time. I don't, know. I don't get much. What do I do? Anyway, in between all of that, I found this book called West Side Hunting and I don't know what drew me to it. It has a purple cover with flowers on it. And I walked around the bookstore for about 45 minutes and came back to this book and I went, I have to read this book. Picked it up and off I went. And um, it's a fantastic story. If I could have written a story, it's probably my story. So okay. enjoy Brilliant. it. Um, it was just a, a really good escapist read. I love Easy read. Loved that's it. brilliant. I love, yeah, those, those stories that you can just lose yourself in. Um, we've got another long weekend coming up soon. Yes. So, yeah, that's. And, you can and, read it in a weekend. Like, yeah. It was yeah. super easy. Cocktails by the pool, done. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> that's so cool. Thanks. That's a great recommendation, Mel. And how can our listeners connect with you? How can we get more Mel in our lives? You can head over to my website, melissamarsden.com.au, and you can sign up to grab my newsletter there. Um, You can download um, my roadmap to employee experience if you are interested in, you know, a quick fix, Um, or you can grab a copy of my book there as well, The Next Workplace, Designing Dynamic Environments that Inspire Human Potential. And it's fantastic, Mel. Thank you so much for your time today. I've loved this chat. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. And look, I really appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation because I know I'm not alone. The amount of people I have had this conversation with who have been through similar situations. So sharing openly, if anyone wants to reach out and chat more or find out more, welcome to, please do. Thanks so much, Mel, because that it's so important that we see the, the what what it's really like, and that's what this podcast is all about. It's like the behind the scenes, what it's really like to build a successful business. It is not all sunshine and rainbows. It is not all, and you know, if you looked at Mel's social feeds and all of like, you know, she's always. Even today, I'm looking at her. I said, oh, you don't need to worry about hair and makeup today. And she's on camera. Her hair's always fabulous. Um, And, yeah, you look gorgeous. But it's like, but I want to show the 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 behind the blow dry <laughs> before, <laughs> before pre blow dry yeah um, it's important because we all are looking for examples of yeah. women who are doing you know who who are doing it their way and not in this sort of yeah super uber polished pain free 
none of it's pain-free. And I think there is this illusion out there that it is and that, you know, we can be sitting there, you know, breastfeeding at the boardroom table and, um, yes, while that might be possible for some, Mm. there's a whole chunk of the population that it is that's a pipe dream and um yes we've got to stop being so hard on ourselves yes so thanks mel thank you for sharing your reality happy to thanks for having me